Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Hello to everybody. I'm glad to be uh, with you guys one more time. And um, today we're starting um, uh, a new class. It's going to be around five, six weeks. I'm, I'm going to try to make it not, not longer than six weeks. And... Um, it's, uh, we're going to talk about the, the biblical foundations or the most important things that as Christians in, and in this church we believe in. And, uh, and, and all these, you know what I mean, principles are going to help us to have a strong faith and to have a solid Christian life. So... Um, uh, a correct understanding of the bl- b- biblical foundations will cause our faith in God to grow and to have a solid uh, life regardless of any circumstances. Now, to know these uh, biblical foundations and all this doctrine, and, and of course, you have pastors, we have pastors and teachers and, and, and ministers that will help us but it's the responsibility of every believer before God to know all this, okay? As church, we put, you know, the chance or we give the opportunity or we put the, uh, the, the equipment and we can say the basics. But as believers, um, it is our responsibility to have the will to know these things, to have the will um, to receive the revelation of God and to apply all this to our lives. So the, the first uh, class, okay, I have some verses here. Oh, okay, it's changing there. Um, why is it important to have these biblical foundations? Um, Matthew 7, 24, 25 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. 1 Corinthians 3.10 says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master, and this is Apostle Paul talking, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. So as ministers, our part is to lay the foundation, but... It is the responsibility of every believer um, on the way they build they, their, their lives. If they decide to obey or not to obey uh, the Lord's commandments. So uh, the first uh, foundation that we will see today, and the, and the only one we will see today, by the way, is the verbal inspiration of the Bible or the verbal inspiration of the Word of God. The fact that the Bible is not, it, it is not just a book, 
that you know it's good to have, it's good to read, or or an interesting book. No, the Bible is the Word of God. It is really the Word of God, and we need it for our lives. We cannot have a solid life or a solid Christian life if we do not believe that the Bible is the Word of God. Amen. And I. And I've met so many um, believers, or at least they say they are believers, and they say, hey, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in the Bible. And my question for them is always, then, I, I ask them, then what do you believe in? How, how do you know God? If you, don't think, if, if you don't think the Bible is real, how do you know what God wants for you? How do you know the God that you believe in, how, what is your concept about God? And their answer will be something like, uh, you know, I believe God in my own way. I, I trust the Lord in my own way. Or many, if they want to look more spiritual, they will say, oh, the, the Lord reveals everything to me. And I don't need the Bible because the Lord will always speak to me. But then you will see them doing things that are against the Bible. That's because they don't have a solid foundation or, or that aspect of a solid foundation. That scripture where they can, or, or that reliable, re reliable scriptures to believe in. Amen? So, um, okay, just... Uh, a quick review of, of how is the, the, the Bible, the, the division of the Bible. It is the Old Testament, which is 39 books, okay? And it's the Old Testament because it was before Christ. And it contains uh, mainly in the first section, how was the world created? How was, um, how the civilization started to develop? And then... Um, once Abraham appears on on the scriptures, uh, basically the Bible focus on the story of Israel. Now, just to say to say focus in a way, because really the Bible is not about Israel. The Bible is not about Abraham, and they are in the Bible, and and they they were the people of God. Uh, but the Bible is not about David. It's not about the prophets. The Bible is about God. That's the center of the scriptures. Amen? So, basically, yeah, in the, in the scriptures, we can find a lot of historical information. We can find um, a lot of facts that, are, that can be proved by those that study history. Um, but the, the purpose of the Bible is not really to talk to us about history or about uh, science or whatever is to reveal us who God is. Who is that God that we believe in? So, um, the Old Testament, the, the first section is the law, the, the law of Moses, of Moses we, can, we can say, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, and Deuteron Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, and uh, many say, and we believe 
that um, these five books were written by Moses, okay? Um, they, they have mainly, like I said, the history, how the world was created, how the civilization started to develop, and then the, the story of Israel. Then we have the, the history books, okay? Basically, these books will talk to us about everything what happened in, in, with the, with the uh, people of God, with Israel, and how, um, you know, all these other civilization, civilizations involved with them and wars and all this. We can find it here, how God delivered them and all the things that God were, was doing for them. Then we have the poetry, which is uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, um, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs, Songs of Solomon. Then we have the prophets. We have the mayor prophets. The fact that they, the word mayor is there doesn't mean that they were more important. It's just that the, the books were like larger, right? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Then the minor prophets. And then we have the New, the new Testament, okay, which basically starts when uh, Jesus comes to the earth, when he becomes man. And we have the, the Gospels. The Gospels will basically focus on Jesus' life while he was here in, in earth. Then we have the book of Acts, which... Uh, talks about once Jesus was um, was in heaven, how the church started to develop and how they started to impact the world. And then we have Paul's letters that are basically, yeah, Paul's letter, then the Hebrews, and then the letters to the entire church that are full of um, doctrine, that are full of... Um, they basically explain what Christianism is. And then, finally, we have the only one um, prophetic book in, in the New Testament, which is Revelation, and talks about what's going to happen in the end of the times. Now, the, the first thing about the Bible, and I want to read Second uh, Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So, even though the Bible was um, written by man, and the Bible is not that God came here and started to read a book, or that a, that a book came from heaven and it appeared just because, no. The Bible was written, written by people like you and I, but they were totally inspired by God. Okay? So this means that these men were not writing their own ideas, their own opinions about God, what they think or what they thought about God. No. They were basically putting or writing down what God was inspiring them, okay? So, God used their own culture, their own languages, their own style of writing, their own characteristics to 
make whatever or to or for them to write whatever God wanted them to write. So it's not like literally God was always saying, hey, you got to do this style and you got to do that style of writing. No, they had their own style. They have their own talents, but they were inspired. They were being guided by God. So, um... Check here some notes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. The word inspiration, as it is used in Second Timothy, uh, Timothy three sixteen that we just read, means breathed by God. Uh, the agent of this inspiration is the third person of the Trinity, that's the Holy Spirit. He reveals the deep things of God. This is uh, the divine agency of the writing of scriptures. And we have here 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 11. It says, but as, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So there was no way, there was no way that all these guys will talk about God without the Spirit of God in them. Without the Spirit of God revealing them or re revealing to them who God is. Second Peter um, 120 and 21 actually says knowing this verse that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of men but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit let me put here that that um that slide that's the one Okay, now, as I was saying, these men wrote in their own languages. They used a vocal, uh, vocabulary that was characteristic of them. Their manner of expressing the message that God gave them was characteristic of them. God elevated the writing and gave, and, and gave it the infa infallibility of divine revelation. This infallibility affirms that the scriptures do not contain error in any aspect of their record and that they can contain no error. The Bible cannot have any errors on it. Okay? And now I'm going to do a parenthesis in here. Uh, the other one day, I was reading a, a, a whatever version of the Bible. This was in Spanish. And it was saying in a in a in a verse that um, 
um, angels had, I think, instead of of six wings, this was uh, whatever type of angel, it was saying five wings, five. But the, all the other versions were saying six. So that was just a human mistake, okay, of printing. Somebody by mistake put the wrong word or who knows what happened, and then they printed that version, and it, it appeared like that. So that's different. Um, that's something different what we're talking about in here, okay? Um, of course, uh, the Bible has been kept by the Lord. And even though we don't have like the very original um, um, scriptures, like the, the very original that, for instance, Paul wrote or that Moses wrote, um, we have, we have um, copies that are old enough or that, are, that, are, that have been there for long enough for us to make sure that the Bible has been the same through thousands of years. Okay? Now, um, let's go back to, to the uh, uh, Bible being inspired by God. The word inspiration, I'm sorry, God used um, authors to write the word. But all of them, like I said before, were inspired by him. Now, we make these claims of the Bible because of the claims made in Scripture itself. The, the clause, this clause, the Lord said, the Lord said, appears 3,800 times in the Bible. So basically these guys were always... Um, the, trying to make the focus of the Bible God. They were never trying to, to say like, okay, this is what God says. Um, worship the prophet. Or, or they never tried to manipulate the word or the, or the clause the Lord said for their own benefit. You will always see that after that it is something that is, you can really say, okay, this is for God. This is not for a man. This is not for, for a person or for a group of people. This is definitely for God. So it's always there. We can say that the Lord said, and it appears, like I said, 3,800 times in the Bible. God commanded the scripture writers, writers to write the message that he revealed. Absolute perfection and authority are claimed for the law and the testimony. Even Jesus, when he was in earth, he used the, the, the scriptures that he had available, available at that time. That's the Old Testament. So Jesus was really saying, this is the word of God. This is really um, all what is all what I'm saying or all what Jesus was preaching was based on, on the word of God. The Old Testament that they had available um, at that time. And then with all his teachings and all what he revealed to them, based on that, they wrote the New Testament. Now, they never said, oh, we have to write the New Testament now. Like the, the 
writers uh, never said, okay, we need to read the, to write the Bible. In fact, the, the, the gap between uh, Genesis, which, was, which is the first book in the Bible, and Revelations, which is the last book of the Bible, um, they have a 1,500 years of difference between the first and the last one. And you can tell it is God because every, everything is matching in perfection. It was, it's just perfect how everything stays in place. So um, there is perfection when it comes to the word of God. Of God. Jesus and the apostles in the New Testament recognized the Old Testament as fully inspired. Jesus observed, I'm sorry, the, yeah, Jesus observed in it his teachings and in the reading in the synagogue worship. The apostles appealed to the Old Testament in the narratives of the gospel and acts and in, in the judgment upon those who rejected. So basically, the apostles, even after Jesus, they were saying, hey, if you believe in Jesus, you got to believe in the Bible. You got to believe in the word of God. The nature of the scriptures is supportive of his doctrine. In one sense, the Bible is one book. But in another sense, it is 66 books. And that's because, like I said, they never said, oh, Hey, let's read the Bible. No, they just started to write what God was saying to them and keeping records and keeping records and, and people will make copies and they will, the, um, the, um, the priests will ask for copies too and they will keep them and then by God's inspiration, they will know, okay, this is of God and this is not of God. So, um, it's a book made of 66, 66 books. Um, these books were written by more than 40 different human authors. From Moses, who wrote the first book, to John, the Apostle John, who wrote the, the, the last book. Like I said before, um, it is... It is 1,500 years between the two of them. Yet, for all this diversity in authorship and spread of time, there is such a unity in the Bible that it can be regarded as one book. The unity shows, the unity shows up in many areas. The doctrine of God, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of men, the doctrine of eternal destiny, and the plan of the ages. Many who do not recognize the Bible as infallible uh, will acknowledge these elements of unity. Any degree of unity under these circumstances must appeal to a divine source for authority and revelation. So even people that don't believe that the Bible is the word of God, they cannot deny how everything makes sense. How come is that this book that was writ written um, 1,500 years ago is perfectly matching or 
for it's perfectly on the same idea of this one that was written today, for example. So um, that gives the Bible, or, or in that characteristic of the Bible, we can determine, okay, only God can do this. Only God can uh, make 40 different guys to speak about the same thing. Okay? And basically, which is salvation, which is doctrine, which is what God wants and what he doesn't want us to do. Now, why do we need the Bible? Why do we need the Bible? The first thing is we need spiritual guidance. Psalm 119, uh, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We as human beings, without God, we do not know many times what to do. Yeah, sometimes we can have good ideas of what to do here and there. But not with our whole life. So God said, hey, I'm going to inspire 40 people to read the Bible. I'm sorry, to write the Bible. And I will ask them to keep record of it for the next generations. So that's the best thing that God could do. He will inspire one guy and then he will keep what it, this guy wrote so the next generations will have the same revelation that they have whatever years ago. I don't know, 3,000 years ago or whatever. Amen? So this is, okay, God saying, this is why we need the Bible. Because if we want to have the same revelations that the prophets had, that the apostles had, then it is, we can only find that information in this book, in, in the Bible. Well, I don't have the Bible here. I have it here in my laptop. So it is important that, first of all, we accept the Bible as the word of God. That we accept it as a guidance that God um, left for us to know him, to know what to do. And that we will read it, of course, not only because, hey, many will accept, yeah, the Bible is the word of God, but then... We don't read it. We don't even open it or, or we don't listen to it. Now, and it, and it, it's okay. I always like to, to, to say, I, I think I have said this before, but I always like to, to share about it. But I have a friend, and he's a very good friend, that um, he's a Christian, he's a believer, but hey, he's, he's not basically the best Bible reader, right? He doesn't read the Bible a lot. So one day we were talking and he was saying, hey, I feel like down, Nathan, I need you to share um, a few verses with me and, uh, and talk to me about the word of God. You know, I need some encouragement. And I was like, hey, I'm more than happy. And, and sure, let's talk about, about the Bible. Then by, by the end of that um, time of sharing, I said, hey, 
you know what? You need to read the Bible. And he said, no, I don't need to read the Bible. That's why I have you. That's why I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the friend of a, uh, I am a friend of a pastor. So the pastor will tell me the, the Bible. And it's funny what said, like, I was laughing at him. But really, this is not good. We cannot depend on, on the pastor. We cannot uh, rely on a, on a um, brother or sister to, to know God. We have, ev every one of us, have access to the Bible, or at least 99.9% of people, they have access to the Bible. They can read it. They can listen to it. They, I don't know. So many other ways they can talk about the Bible with a pastor or with friends, whatever. But that we need to make sure that we have, let's say, yeah, access to the word of God by ourselves and to not depend on others. And now, um, of course, the the other reason why we need to read the Bible is to know God, is to know Him. How can we have a relationship with somebody we don't even know? Amen? How do I know that God loves me? Because the Bible says that God loves me, because He put it in this book so we can read it. How do I know that, that God is protecting me? Because he made a promise and he wrote it there or he inspired these guys to write there that God will be with you and God will protect you. How do I know what God wants for my life? I have to read the Bible. How do I know anything you want to know about the Lord? We got to, first of all, like I said at the beginning, believe that this is the word of God. And number two, well, of course, we got to read it. Now, what do we find in the Bible now? And I, I don't have a slide for that. I will have to um, read here from, from um, my notes. We find there, um, I'll, I'll read it from my notes. There are uh, certain doctrines in Scripture which man consistently attempts to ignore or to alter. In his own man-made religious and philosophical system, he consistently rejects these doc doctrines. So number one, the Bible never excuses sin. And it offers forgiveness. The Bible will never tell you, hey, sure, you can go ahead and lie. You can go ahead and you know, commit sin. But at the same time, the Bible will never say or God's word will never be like, oh, you did this, I will never forgive you. Oh, you did that, no, I don't love you anymore. So the first thing that we can find in the Bible is that we're sinners, but that the Lord is a forgiver God, that he will forgive us, that he will save us. Human writings... Uh, tend to substitute excuses for sin instead of forgiveness. They particular, particularly excuse or ignore sin in their heroes. 
They offer forgiveness through good works instead of forgiveness as a gift. And that's the second thing we find in the Bible. God's forgiveness is a gift. It's not something we deserve. How is that that I sin and I am doing things against God and by doing that now I deserve forgiveness? That is not possible. So we do not deserve forgiveness. God, by God's grace, he says, by grace, the word grace means um, something we do not deserve, a gift we do not deserve, and something free. You are, or God is giving you something without you doing anything to deserve it, okay? So the Bible shows us that forgiveness and salvation it's not by works. It's not by what I do. It's not how much I read the Bible. It's not how much I pray. It's not how um, it's, it, my salvation will not depend on how good person or nice person or educated person I am. It only depends on God's mercy, which the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. His mercy will ever be there for us. The Bible denounces all human merit in relation to salvation. Human religious systems build on good works for salvation. In this same relationship, the, the Bible makes faith the only instrument of salvation. This faith is the gift of God. So man is removed from a central position and Christ is placed in the central position. Human systems allow man to achieve salvation by means of good works, merit of birth, and merit of station in life. So how can we know, hey, when something is scriptural or not? If, it's, if, the man, if man is the center of what we're reading, we can immediately tell, hey, this is not God. This is not of God. But when Jesus is the center of what we're reading, what we're listening, if one day you come here and Pastor Nathan, Pastor Joe, Pastor Dave are preaching things that are not according to the Bible, who are we supposed to believe? The Bible or, or the pastor? What do you guys say? The Bible. Exactly. So all our... All the, all the doctrine that we preach needs to be proved or shown in the Bible. If we preach something that is not in the Bible, that is not in the Word of God, then we're not speaking inspired by God. And then it will be easy for you guys and for everybody to say, no, that is not correct. But we will never know if a pastor is preaching something correct or wrong if we do not go and study the Bible, if we don't go and read the Bible by ourselves. So in the Bible, we will always... Find that Jesus is the center. Even from the Old Testament, um, and, and that's something that, that um, 
it's for, for another day because it will be too long. You will never find the word Jesus in the Old Testament. But you will find prophecy about him. You will find symbols about him. So even the Old Testament, Jesus is the center of it. Um, and just to, to finish today, because um, we got to wait for the other group uh, to come and, and pray. We must be governed by scripture in our decisions. Every time we're going to make a decision for our own lives, for our family, for the church, for whatever thing we need to think about. We need to stop for a sec and say, is this in the scripture or is it not here? If it's not in the scripture, then we can easily say this is not of God. These ideas that I'm having are not of God. These thoughts that are coming to my mind are not of God. Because they are not according to the uh, scriptures. So every decision that we make needs to be based on what the Bible says. If we want to have a solid Christian life. The Bible must be regarded as the only and infallible rule of faith and practice. So like I was saying before. Everything that a pastor, just to give an example, any decision that the pastor makes for church needs to be according to the scriptures. Needs not to contradict what the word of God says. And this is, like I said before, not only for the pastor, for every single believer. We cannot say, oh, just because he's the pastor, um, he's right. He will never fail. The pastor is a human, and as Peter failed, as David failed, as Abraham failed, the pastor will fail. But the word of God needs to, um, I'm sorry, so because of that, the word of God needs to be basically that foundation that we put to build our lives. All church government must be based on the word of God. All the tenets of our faith must be drawn from scripture. So, um, we still have 15, I'm sorry, five minutes until the uh, other group comes. And I, I just want to give this five to eight minutes uh, to know if there is any question that uh, you guys have. You guys have any question? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, like I said, I always, every time that I'm going to share, which... Oh, okay, sure, of course. This one here? Perfect. Yeah. Okay, anybody has any other question?
or, or comments, you're welcome. All right, I guess we can just um, start praying while the, uh, the other group comes. So uh, let's, get, uh, let's just um, stand and let's uh, um, prepare our hearts to pray to the Lord. Father God, I thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. I just pray, Lord, that you will help us to use your word as the center of our life, Lord. That every decision that we make, dear Jesus, is based on the scriptures. I pray in, the, in, in your name, Lord, uh, that the Holy Spirit will guide us, Lord. That the Holy Spirit will guide us uh, to read the word. That the Holy Spirit will guide us uh, to um, always to meditate, to think about your word, Lord. That everything we do, Lord, that uh, all, of, all of our desires, all of our um, ideas, all of our thoughts, Lord, will be inspired by you and that we will know that they are inspired by you because they are not in contradiction or in opposition to the word of God. And I pray, Lord, for a special revelation on us, Lord, knowing that the Bible is not a, it's not a, a regular book that we should just read for information, but knowing that we need the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what he actually inspired to others. Because without the Holy Spirit, we cannot understand the Bible. Without the Holy Spirit, we will not have revelation. We can understand, yeah, the historical facts and, and the words. And, of course, uh, from a human, um, the human aspects we can understand them, but not the spiritual aspects without the Holy Spirit. So I pray, dear God, that the Holy Spirit will um, guide us, that the Holy Spirit will give us, Lord, the revelation we need. That the Holy Spirit, dear Jesus, will give us um, the wisdom we need to see your love, to see your promises, to see your wisdom. On your word. I just thank you, dear Jesus. And I want to worship you today, Lord. I just want to express my love to you. I want to express, Lord, or we want to express to you, dear God. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, God, for uh, your love demonstrated on the cross by giving Jesus to die for us. I just pray, but um, I just pray, Lord, that by the blood that you shed on the cross, Lord, we'll be sanctified, we'll be justified, and that we'll have all the revelation we need, Lord, when it comes to reading the word of God. In your name, I pray, Father God. Amen. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. 
for more podcasts, media, and live stream services at LighthouseNiagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.